So we have an audio submission today from Hero, and neither of us have heard it. I've heard any of it. Uh, I do want to say this is my favorite part of the show, and I am currently literally on the edge of my seat. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. All right, here we go. Hey, Jarvis and Justin. My- Justin. Away, I've been replaced with just <laughs> Welcome to Sad Boys, a podcast about feelings and other things also. I'm Jarvis. And I'm Jordan. All dogs are boys, all cats are girls coat. Um I've what? been trying to, trying, to, trying to make these opening segments more educational. A lot of people don't know that. No, but that's that's not tr- true at all. <laughs> Uh, I see. Somebody's been paying attention to the liberal media. Oh. Not really getting the truth. I I just feel like you just have to do one Google search to answer, like, to prove yourself wrong. <laughs> you read Google? Okay. Um, what what search engine do you use? <laughs> the only search engine you need. Um, me. Me? Me, Jordan. You? Me, Jordan. Uh, you my wisdom. Intuition. You just don't. You don't learn anything? You just use your intuition? Why would I need to learn something when I already feel like I'm right about it? I can't argue with that. Saving the earth, although don't need to because global warming's a myth. Oh, okay. Anyway, uh, the sad boys, these are all things we believe, and uh, please tweet at Jarvis about your beliefs. Today, we're talking about... (laughs) That's fine. You're already getting replies. (laughs) How? Uh, (laughs) He's lying. (laughs) In case that wasn't obvious. Uh, Today, we're talking about... Something that is very near and dear to our developments as people. Today's a really good day. Today's Today a really good day. Today's a big day. Today, we're talking about anime. Woo! Everyday anime. Every single day anime, which is the frequency you should also watch anime. Jarvis, I have two missions with this episode. All right. Let me run you through them. All right, here we All go. Right, give me a beat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And here it comes. I'm coming in to the beat. And a one, two, three, and here I go. Here come the rap now. It's just around the corner. I'm not nervous at all. I'm not trying to delay because I don't know how to rap. All right, that was fun. Uh, okay, thanks for the beat. The two missions for today's episode are, one, I want to get people that already watch anime to watch more anime. Okay. And I want to get people that don't watch anime currently to revise their life because they're making a lot of mistakes. Yeah, and I just want to talk about um, why anime even entered my life in the first place. What did I find so appealing about sure. this thing? And like, where did the this like subculture of anime watching in sure. the U.S. even even come from? I think it's like kind of a strange and interesting subset of of media. Yeah, that exists sort of externally from other television and film. Yeah, like, it's not TV or movies. It's- yeah anime you know yeah it's weird because people are like i don't like anime which i think of it as a genre sure so it's kind of like saying i don't like movies but i understand why people make that distinction and we'll be jumping into all that and more right after we talk about weeks jarvis yeah you have one if so how was it yeah uh i did contrary to popular belief have a week this week um and my week was good uh very busy at um at work. Wait, what was that? Oh my god. It's the trash alarm. Oh. Trash update. Trash we update. We require a trash update. Oh, okay. Um The Elder Gods demand a trash so, update. So trash where we last left it um was in a can. <laughs> okay. Um Great. no uh so for longtime listeners of the show will recall a time when I had no way to throw away my trash. Mm-hmm. And then more recently, we got trash bins in our apartment. Which is just a great way of throwing away trash. If yeah, you're not yeah, using yeah. trash bins right now, 
It really effective. It's very effective. Better than uh, eating it. It's, it's better than blending it and drinking it. It's just like a, a tool that is specifically for that purpose. And Turns it's just out. so nice when things work out that way. Life hack. Life hack. <laughs> um, I've recently been learning to get into the habit of taking out my trash bins weekly. Great. Um, and I'm not that good at it yet. How long was it before until you had these cans? Remind me. Like from the very beginning or? Uh, yeah. How long has it been since you yourself were regularly taking out trash cans up until now? What was that? Oh, deficit? yeah. Yeah. So like um, three years. Oh, my God. Yeah. I yeah. don't blame you at all. Yeah. Because like we just didn't have them. And then I would um, when we filled up trash bins that we were sharing, we would take them out. But uh, that wasn't that frequent. Sure. So now the kid has a whole other responsibility on a weekly basis. Yeah, and that's fine. You know, like Wednesday night, take out the trash. Thursday morning, bring in the bins. But I forgot last week. And to bring in the bins? To bring in the bins. And my brand new trash bins that were pristine got graffitied all the way no! up. Like every every possible tag, uh, multiple conflicting tags, I'm sure. <laughs> Um, Wait, walk me through some of those, like politically. Uh, I'm sure it's got to be, or at least like dueling factions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, I can't read any of them except there is one that kind of freaked me out a little bit. Uh, um, okay. So as I was pushing in, was it an iTunes review. Yeah, it was weird. It's two and a half stars. Oh wow! On me. Do <laughs> yeah. Um, I was taking in my recycling bin. Uh, like with my you know tail between my legs because I was like so sad that we had gotten all graffitied up yeah i saw on the top of one of the bins the phrase fuck yt people and i was like does that stand for youtube and if so <laughs> what the hell oh my god yeah uh and so i, I still the founder of vine i still don't know what that is in reference to or if that person is actually talking about me specifically well see there's yeah there's two scenarios one they're saying something probably quite mean and offensive generally. Yeah. Or they're saying something that I frankly agree with directly to you. Fuck YouTube people. It's a pretty strong statement to say like, fuck blank people. Yeah. Um, almost always a bad idea. Yeah, Almost always a bad idea. So I, and to choose something that is as vague as like a two letter acronym. Yeah. If you're going to go for it, go for it. If you're going to anonymously shout at a group of people, at least be clear. Yeah, like they didn't abbreviate people to like PPL or anything. So they clearly had the time. <laughs> this was just, maybe they were low on pain. Yeah. And they knew that. I see, I see. Um, and that mystery may never be solved. Wait, what if this was a considerate thing? What if they were like, fuck you two people. Hottest people around. So sexy. Oh. Yo, you out there, like, so, you, you know, uh, uh, a supermodel walks past your trash cans. Right. As they are like to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and they go, oh, fuck you two people. I didn't know who to fuck. Are there any available? And then yeah, like, yeah, knocking yeah. on the windows. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, anybody here with uh, some with subscribers so, that I might be able to make Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it makes perfect sense now that you explain that to me. Speaking of YouTube, Jarvis. Yo. You want to pimp out your new channel, What You Did? What I did, you, you did a whole new channel up in the YouTube. Oh yeah, um, I started a collaboration channel with uh, my friend Mayuko and my friend Joma uh, called Ten Twenty Four Vlogs. You can see the first video up on that where we talk about our first impressions of one another. And if you're interested in normal old YouTube stuff from me, uh, we're celebrating fifteen thousand subscribers on Woo! the channel, which is pretty exciting. And you can reach me over there at YouTube.com/slash Jarvis Johnson, and you can find everything from and there. Please fuck him. Uh, well, based on the data, I've I, read. Mm, I'm not going to say that, uh, but <laughs> I'll leave that to the trash can. Jordan, how was your week? I'm so glad you asked because I made you something. What? <laughs> I've, I made you a song. Wow. Jor Jordan just, uh, opened up a laptop that was here all along <laughs> that I did not see until this moment. <laughs> and, uh, it's open to logic pro. Which is a DAW, uh, DAW, which stands for Digital Audio Workspace. Absolutely. Um, it is the, the door that I use to write music. And so for those who don't know, uh, Jordan has a hobby of writing and producing uh, music. Yeah. And something I've been working on lately, uh, which is um, actually a shared creative endeavor for both of us, is spending less time on fidelity and just getting ideas concrete. Right. And so I had this idea when I was trying to memorize a certain phrase that I always struggle to memorize for the show. Right, right. About my segment. Uh, I decided to write a theme for the segment. 
Oh. And I'm going to uh, play it for you now. You'll listen on headphones, but I assume we'll edit the the major version in. Here we go. All right, here we go. It's Jordan's bizarre, challenging, and/or emotionally strenuous social interaction of the week. <laughs> it's probably pretty embarrassing, so please don't make fun of him for it. This is actually pretty good. Thanks. Yeah, this is. Uh, I'm pushing into the acapella space. <laughs> <laughs> This is step one. I, in that moment, I saw uh, nine Jordans <laughs> superimposed onto the same frame. And you'll notice what a lot singing of, different vocal harmonies. What a lot of very selfish musicians won't do is uh, thank you at the end of their tracks. I made sure to whisper a kindly thanks at the end uh, to indicate that I do care that you listen to the song and that you won't make fun of me for it. So yeah, no, no, I, uh, uh, I'm honestly impressed that's right y'all it's jordan's bizarre challenging and or emotionally strenuous social interaction of the week and i want I'm you to know getting it again i want you to know that he read that from a piece of paper Shut up. <laughs> i sang it a second ago live uh, right yeah live. mini me's um mini me's with mini me's with Vern troyer <laughs> just one Vern. um so this week i did not have the interaction, but I wanted to share an interaction. This is kind of like a, a, an extra pen pal segment. Okay. This is a story told to me by a friend of mine called Elizabeth, also a friend of yours. Yes, yes, with. yes. Elizabeth is one of our all-time favorite people. Oh, yeah, for sure. And she told me an anecdote that uh, I'm actually going to frame as uh, our social anxiety millennial D&D game. That we oh. Kind of so oh, so we, we played millennial D&D. Yes. Where you have to deal with some kind of weird encounter and tell me how you would handle it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... So I'm going to be, you're going to, pre, you're going to present me with one of these I'm going to present you with Elizabeth's tricky, sticky scenario. Okay. And you are going to see how you fare in that scenario. All right. So Elizabeth boards a plane. A plane is basically a sky boat. If okay. If you're not familiar. Uh, she boards this sky boat. And after they take off, she realizes that while she is sitting in the middle seat and the other passenger in her row is sitting on the aisle seat, nobody turned up for the window seat. Okay. So. She is now able to transition over to the window seat. You right? Think. Yeah. You, I assume, would do the same given the opportunity. Uh, totally. Now, especially the, because then you can leave space for both you and the person in the aisle to like lean into that middle yeah. seat. It's a mutually beneficial setup. You're, you're yeah, not taking yeah, yeah. anything from anyone. Yeah. The only thing at play would potentially be, well, who takes the uh, the window seat? But you're nearer the window seat. It makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I want to ask you what you do. To move over to that seat. It can be as simple as I just get up and yeah, move. Yeah, I think I would just like raise the the armrest and slide over. Okay, so what you've just described is what a human being would do. Right, okay. <laughs> now I'm going to run you through what Elizabeth's solution was. Oh, no. <laughs> this cracks me up every time I think about it. Oh, no. So Elizabeth, one of the sweetest human beings on the planet. Yeah, sweetest. Maybe too sweet in this particular situation. Okay. Because she didn't want to move. And potentially offend the man without first acknowledging him. So he sat there, he's got headphones in, he's just doing his thing. Right. Reading the safety card, uh, watching that 17-minute-long Virgin uh, yeah. safety video. Starring Tadric Hall. <laughs> it's like a fully choreographed... Get ready to fly. <laughs> um, that'll be my next theme song. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so she's just sat there, he's watching that. <laughs> and over the course of 15 minutes... <laughs> 15 minutes. 15 minutes attempts to... Oh, they're in the air at this point. Okay. Attempts to get his attention... No. ...to indicate that nobody has sat in the window no, seat. No, they're in the air. <laughs> <laughs> so, There's no one... But she doesn't want to move over without it, first saying, huh, looks like we lucked out, and then moving. So, you know, to, to consciously acknowledge that this luck has been shared and that they're both going to benefit from the move. It, so I, I, like, would understand... Now, no offense to our, our dear friend, Elizabeth, Former friend after this. Scenario. It would make sense to me to do that before takeoff because you don't know if that person's going to show up, right? Sure. But when you've, you're already 40,000 feet in the air, there is no person that can possibly <laughs> come that doesn't already, like no one is going to say, oh yeah, sorry, I was just standing in the aisle this whole time <laughs> and I was uh, looking for my seat. Well, see, here's I'm here thing. to claim it. <laughs> I'm also... Here now, yeah, <laughs> and believe I'm that in this the is future. The also, to quote Mike Birbiglia, <laughs> as well. friend of the pod. But for some reason, of course, very good friend of the pod, emotional pervert of sorts. Um, <laughs> please tweet that at him. Um, she, uh, Elizabeth, decides somewhat considerably to acknowledge it first. I can understand the logic, kind of. Yeah. However, and this is where we really take a turn. She, he doesn't hear her. 
Oh. The first four or five times. No. The story ends with her moving without acknowledging. Spoiler okay. alert. Thank God. But there are several attempts at just... Looks like we... Um, <laughs> Dragon. Uh, the... Uh, so it's... Um, it, oh, it looks like there's no nobody... Um, How would... Like, uh, was she... Like, they're listening to music, I presume? I, at least one headphone in, yeah. Right, and so... What? Why didn't she try to physically engage, like by tapping on the shoulder? Elizabeth will be on an episode of Sad okay. Boys now. <laughs> well, she, to, she, I am going to drag her onto the show. I and will explain do. I, you'll drag her like a United flight attendant. <laughs> 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 Sorry, that is a great reference, my dude. Um, very topical. <laughs> I yeah. I I I feel like we have to have Elizabeth on and have an entire show dedicated to what the hell she was thinking in this scenario. Yeah, I think maybe we're not actually on the episode. Yeah. It's just Elizabeth. It's. I feel like she would be, she's the kind of person who, if you said, hey, just recount this experience uh, to a microphone for an hour, she would not bat an eye. Oh, and it would be much better than all of our episodes. It would be, she wouldn't even say, um, or like have any pauses. Yeah. To close out with love, Elizabeth, one of my favorite human beings of all time, and please keep feeding me great stories. She's the kindest person. Number one. Yeah, she's fantastic. And what I wanted to say was, I am now officially opening up. Just he's grabbing his notebook. No, I'm not. This is unrelated. This is for something else. No. Um, he's reading it. Uh, Jordan's bizarre, challenging, and or emotionally strenuous social interaction of the week, which was not on the page. That was just a coincidence. Right. Um, two submissions. Oh. If you have a scenario that you went through that you thought was particularly <clears throat> strenuous, emotionally upsetting, whatever, right. awkward, ping me. Hit us up on the Sad Boys DM, yeah. and I will consider it for this segment because you know it's kind of a burden. I'm becoming like so emotionally competent, and like right, right, right. <laughs> my life's going so well, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that uh, I'm struggling for content. So mm-hmm. hit me up. Yeah, uh, I think one one fun thing about Sad Boys is that we like to experiment with our segments. So yeah. you know, let us know what you really like. Um, maybe let us know what you don't like. I I I like to know uh, because. We have a lot of the same messages, and we're just like putting it in different containers. Most definitely, I, uh, I for one, love playing Millennial D and D. Yeah, baby. Yeah. So, okay. Uh, speaking of DMs, speaking of segments, we <laughs> speaking of content. <laughs> now is the part of the show where we hear from you, the listener. Me? Oh, okay. It's uh, the Pin Pals with a Z segment. Woo! Jordan, do you have a theme song for that? Uh, yeah. Give me a beat. Pen Pals. Okay. All right. Yeah, it's a that good one. Cool. Good one. Um, I'll uh, jump. I'll throw in seven other me's and Vern Troy to help out. Oh God! So we have an audio submission today from Hero, and neither of us have heard it. Have heard any of it? Uh, I do want to say this is my favorite part of the show, and I am currently literally on the edge of my seat. Yeah, yeah. Let's go. All right, here we go. Hey, Jarvis and Justin. My name is Hero. This morning, I was listening to. Uh, Black Enough, the episode that you did most recently. Erica Baker. And I could very much relate to it to a certain extent. I'm half Japanese, half white, and I was very much referred to as uh, <clears throat> a banana, or oh. sometimes some people would call me a Twinkie, because <laughs> I have that uh, white cream filling. Sure. As all white people do, you know about the cream filling. So disgusting. I mean, not that her, she said it, but like... But Twinkies, disgusting. That, that metaphor. <laughs> and that would always throw me off quite a bit. And I think as a child, as a young person, uh, when I was in middle school and I was referred to that way, I didn't know how to take it. Yeah. And sometimes it was directed at me as a compliment, right? Oh. Being told mm. like, oh, well, you're not one of those Asians. Oh. And Jarvis was mentioning this very much where like I felt a level of acceptance in um, yeah. a white, the white community that I was in versus the Japanese community, because in my Japanese community, right. I was made fun of for being half, for having an axe, or for not speaking Japanese as eloquently as the others, oh. um, and not being a true Japanese person versus in the white community, I was told, like, oh, you're not one of those Asians. I was like, what the fuck does that mean? But yeah. either way, I wanted to be a part of a community to some extent, and I felt like by distancing myself from my Japanese culture, like being like, fucking, I hate anime, and I don't whoa, whoa. like math. I we didn't listen to this, and she like brought up 
anime. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, goosebumps on every part of my body. I have yeah, goosebumps yeah, yeah. on my pupils. This is like the stars are aligning here. Could not have asked for a better pen pal. I ended up stepping away from a lot of things that I was more interested in the beginning of my life. Anyways, the. Th- so I'm gonna pause this really quick because Hero brings up like a, a really interesting point that that we didn't get a chance to talk about in that episode. Black enough is the compliment. Yeah. You know, like when you're not directly like discriminated against or or treated differently or you're treated differently with like a positive outcome. Sure. Like that is still bad. As though referencing, this is Justin, by the way, as though referencing <laughs> the idea of you being uh, half and half is like, well, one of them's got to be bad, but I'm here to tell you <laughs> I like that half. Yeah, so yeah, you yeah. are approved. Or and it's the- like when you have the black friend and it's like, you're one of the good ones. Yeah, don't worry. I, I, it, was, it hurt my soul, but resonated so well when she said uh, it would be framed as a compliment. I was like, oh, yeah. My, my, my head went up. I was like, okay. Is that things about yeah, to yeah, get yeah. wholesome? And it was like, huh, because I was hated elsewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, oh, we hate most Asians, but this is okay. Right, right. So it's like, it's in a way okaying that is kind of like throwing your community under the bus yeah implicitly right and and no judgment for that i certainly did the same thing uh one interesting thing that she brought up that i just don't think we didn't really get to talk about last time because we didn't have that perspective yeah 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 but uh language as a validating uh uh that metric right absolutely yeah you're not as good at speaking japanese therefore you are default white right and and that's the thing that we uh talked about a little bit with accents Mm -hmm. you know because like in america like t- like being told that you talk white or in the black community being told that you talk white is is the closest uh, equivalent to like the language thing where yeah. oh you're not speaking the way we speak and so and so you are an outsider and that's such a that's such a hurtful like alienating feeling thing yeah. that i wanted to talk to you guys about was a a topic that i think would be i would really love to hear your take on and this is something that one of my good friends and i have been discussing lately and that's the topic of touch and i think that this huh. might overlap a bit and and bring out some discussion that was brought up in your previous episodes of depression of mm, social anxiety mm. of bullying and also of of being a black enough, of being Asian enough, of cultural differences. Because there's an article that discusses how there's, quote-unquote, some type of crisis of touch in our society lately. Mm. Obviously, there's this absolutely amazing movement and call-out of sexual harassment, of, you know, of the objectification of women by men in not just the professional setting, but but particularly within the professional world. Where, you know, I've experienced it, certainly, I'm only 23 years old, but pretty much at every job I had, and even like when I was in an SAT prep setting, I had older men feeling entitled to just reach out and touch me (laughs) in ways that they were comfortable with, but I was not. So now there's this take back, um, an empowering movement of being like, you don't fucking owe anybody touch. You don't have to hug anybody. If somebody touches you, you can tell them to back the fuck off. So right now there's this jump from maybe people feeling more comfortable with touch and us having a different set of boundaries that have been immediately withdrawn. And so there's a lot of panic around how can you touch people? Mm. And of course that has negative impacts because as human beings, we do need touch. Being touched releases a, le- a level of oxytocin, oh, which helps us balance yeah. our hormones, which contributes to to happiness. And I have a lot more to say on this, but I know the pen pal segment is probably not supposed to be this long. But to hear about your con- your ideas on touch, mm, on yeah. the conversations revolving around touch, and where you think it stems from, and where do you think it is right now, and where do you envision it going in the future? Um, and yeah, stay sad, comma, boys. Okay, straight up, right out the gate, hero, you should be hosting this show and not us. Yeah, you're, you're our hero. <laughs> that was fantastic. Secondly, sad, um, sad hero. It's an amazing topic, and I want to dive into it with some people of authority. Yeah. With maybe, uh, and thank you so much for sharing your personal experience, but I, yeah. I, I definitely want to have uh, at least a female presence on the show when we, when we talk about it in detail. Especially, especially in that context. What I will say, though, is that going back to the Black Enough episode and before that, the Where Are You Really From episode with Mayuko, we briefly alluded to touch right like so uh touching your hair Mm -hmm. right like that is someone feeling entitled to your body yeah and and my curiosity is 
is greater than your personal space. <laughs> yeah. Therefore, the I want right gimme, now gimme, gimme, gimme. Outweighs yeah. your safety. Yeah, exactly. And and I think that um, just in my personal experience, like we talked about how we felt defeated enough to just allow people to, to touch us, right? Sure. And if that is our experience as like men uh, and as kids, and we didn't feel like we had the power to say no for for whatever reason imagine how much worse that is in uh, a workplace setting or oh, yeah. in a setting where the the power imbalance is is completely out of whack in a space where you are consciously actively told what you owe right? yeah a workplace or any kind of place where there is an element of commitment is all about ownership and owing right like you do this job because you owe us that work because we gave you money you do this task because you owe me that because i'm your manager like that yeah. kind of environment to be crystal fucking clear in every part of the spectrum yeah be it something as small as a kid wanting to touch a hair all the way up to the 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 genesis of the me too movement you don't owe another human anything exactly ever. yeah and I think Hero gets at a really interesting point, which is because we should be respecting each other's space and each other's bodies, how does that um, interplay with like the human need for touch? And in my unprofessional opinion, it comes down to consent and it comes down to sure. um, respecting someone's space. And that's not that doesn't take away the capacity for touch. But maybe maybe we just like keep our hands to ourselves in situations where that hasn't been explicitly allowed, which I think is a, an okay an okay price to pay. Another thing, and and I'm now the, I'm just now fueling the fire for a, an eventual touch episode that we do is um, how touch plays into gender roles because I think that men touching is is a thing that is not. Like when I was a kid, uh, the concept of men touching was like, oh, no, that's mm. that's taboo. That means it still sits with me as a silent taboo. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And it's like I um, I love like we when we met up, we hugged. Mm -hmm. Right. And, great. And, and it's great. Yeah. And it's like that's that touch means a lot to me. And we're fighting a lot of battles on the on the touch front. Sure. Um, and it's uh, it's just going to have to be something that we we continue uh to think about yeah tldr let's keep touch invitational let's make sure that there I, I think consent is always such a tricky it's a very important term but it's such a tricky term semantically because a lot of people get confused by it for yeah. some ungodly reason uh but let's let's rephrase it as invitational yeah uh you may interact with somebody to any degree if they're if it doesn't infringe on their liberty their personal liberty right same goes for any kind of communication if you want to start a conversation with somebody and you don't know them and you try to start it in the street, yeah. it is completely within their liberty to just walk away. Yeah, because you, keep you don't owe them anything. You don't owe them anything. Yeah. Uh, and Yeah, perfect takeaway. Thank you, hero. Sad hero. Our hero. Sad hero. My hero. Um, cool name. Cool letter. Cool pen pal. Cool topic. And... Speaking of cool topics. And spookily prescient uh, uh, mention of anime. Holy yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah, Spe yeah. Speaking of that, like, um, we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to be discussing our topic, which is anime. Weeb boys. Get out of my way. I've got to catch that train. Carolyn, Carolyn, don't go. Angelo, is that you? I, I couldn't let you leave without just... Tell you something, Carolyn. I, I love you. I love you more than the stars in the sky. Wow, Biangelo, I'm flattered. Please, you can't leave without telling me how I can stay in touch with you. Can I send you a letter, send you an email? Well, I'm really just on Twitter. That's great. Tell me your handle. I'll, 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 I'll follow you. You can follow me. I'll be able yeah, to DM you. It's at Sad Boys Pod. Okay, I'm just going to write... Sorry, did you say it was at Sad Boys Pod? Yeah, my DMs are open. Right, but it's not it, that's not your account, right? That's like a, the show with the two guys? I we they let me share it because I can't afford a Twitter of my own. Right. You know that Twitter Twitter's free, like you can just make an account, it doesn't cost I any money to I don't have time to explain me and look trains departing. You literally make it cost no money, you can just you get it free. You can just get it free. It's a free service. And we're back. Hi. How was your break, Jordan? That was really nice. We did some stretching. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you did a very elaborate stretch that I was thoroughly impressed by. I did, yeah. I'm, I'm all stretched up. And as you said to me, Jarvis, that stretch was inspired by an anime. It was. I did a stretch that I learned from Goku himself. Today, our topic is anime. Hey, Jarvis, what's anime? 
Anime. My name's it, Craig, by the way. Anime is a style of hand-drawn and computer animation originating in and commonly associated with Japan. The word anime is the Japanese term for animation, which means all forms of animated media. Why are you looking at your laptop? Um, you should know what that no, is. No, I just I just happen to know that definition right off the top of my head because I'm a huge fan. That was really I'm impressive. A, I'm, I'm a huge fan of me. I'm a really big fan of the show. My name's Craig, as I mentioned. All right. Could you please leave? Um, okay. Can Where's I just, Justin? Can I hang out for the rest of the... Just, Justin, the sexy one? Oh, hey, what's up? Hey, hey, man. That guy's weird. I don't like him at all. Yeah, me either. Uh, Very critical about reading from a laptop. Uh, so I thought it would be cool if we started with our first exposure mm. to anime. Jordan, where were you? When were you? When was I? When, when you were first exposed to anime. So um, this is not necessarily the anime that I connected with first uh, or stuck with consistently. Right. But I believe the first ever anime I saw um, was One Piece. Oh, uh, The most popular anime in the world by a pretty significant margin. Yeah, it's pretty ridiculous. Um, it is a pirate-themed uh, romp, right? Yeah. It's been going for a very, very long time. More volumes in the, the original manga than any other manga ever. Yeah, the, the core conceit of One Piece is that there is this treasure called One Piece. Called the One Piece. And that, it's being hunted for by pirates across the globe. Yeah. Uh, it's set in a semi-steampunk, pseudo-futuristic pirate universe filled with magic and all sorts of things. But also very cartoonish. Yes. It's it's definitely a Japanese interpretation of Western iconography. Yeah. Like, oh, that's what pirate ships look like? I don't think so. Yeah. I actually think there's a giant bear on the front of almost every one of them. And the main, the main character ate a uh, gum-gum fruit. The gum-gum fruit, yes. Uh, and... and Gains the ability to like stretch uh, his arms and legs yes. and himself. He gains the ability to stretch his limbs. Uh, later, discovering that he has a number of brothers that also have abilities gained from those fruits, and a number of enemies and nemeses and allies and all sorts that gain fruit abilities. It's a cool show. It's a shonen fighting anime, tr yeah. uh, tried and true, heavily inspired by its forebears, like your Dragon Balls. Sure. And the reason that it was so interesting at the time was because, one, I really connected with the art style. It's very vibrant. Probably one of the more accessible early animes of that era. We're talking late 90s at this point. Yeah. Um, early 2000s, possibly. Who knows? Early 2000s in um, America, I think. But the reason it was so accessible at the time was, yeah, vibrant, exciting, interesting. At the time, I think I was fairly into pirates as a conceit. And just oh, seeing yeah. a cartoon version of that was exciting. Uh, but I remember... The version I watched being the sub, not the dub. Oh, and wow. I, uh, for context, subtitled versus dubbed with American voice actors. Which is a common dialogue in anime communities because uh, there are purists who say you should never listen to American voice actors dub over anime. And there are others who just want to enjoy the stuff in their native tongue sure. and not read the subtitles for whatever reason, which I think is a, I think they're both perfectly fine ways to enjoy the medium. Yeah. You, as to reiterate last segment, you don't owe anybody anything and yeah. be the person you are. Yeah. yeah, <laughs> yeah. Really, you are not bad because you're being the thing you are. Yeah. yeah. Unless it's infringing on other people being the thing they are. Right. Um, but the, yeah, to, uh, the reason I bring up the sub element was that I feel like that was the first memory I have of watching or absorbing any kind of content not from my default pop space. Yeah, yeah. I was used to American pop culture and a portion of English pop culture, but Japanese popular culture, what? Right, They're yeah. making stuff as well? Yeah. Get out of here. Yeah. Um, and ever since then, while I never really fell in love with One Piece, I very quickly segued over to, I need to find other stuff like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I knew yeah. that it was Japanese. Yeah. And I knew that it was a cartoon. Yeah. And then I just, would, and this was back in the day, you know, pre-streaming. Right. Because we're a thousand years old. Yeah, and I think that the, like... There is this strange allure of, of Japan in the like zeitgeist in the States at this point. I think popular media has portrayed Japan as like technologically advanced, really like cool and futuristic, and also having this mystique to it. Which sort of brings me brings me to the crux uh, which sort of brings me to the uh, crux of why I wanted to talk about anime today. It's not necessarily that I just want to say, hey, anime is pretty cool. Let's talk about anime. Certainly a part of it. But the main reason I wanted to bring it up is that one of the things that I find the most appealing about anime and really any like foreign culture export, but anime in particular, because it's it, the production method is so unique and, and right. it's, it's brought from a lot of very unique stories, often influenced by other uh, works that I've never even heard of. Right. 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 You, you're getting like the story and influences seven degrees away. And that's like much more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But the reason that I find that so valuable is that I've watched animes uh, or, or anime feature films or red manga that is 
so fundamentally different from a storytelling perspective. Yeah. From uh, especially the feature films, like the filmic language of Japanese storytelling, particularly through animation, yeah, is so different that it makes you reframe your understanding of what storytelling is. Yes, and I, I'm, you know me, I'm a, a dork for that kind of stuff, right? You, yeah, you absolutely are. Watching like a Akira is a great example. Akira right. was really, uh, for people who aren't familiar, the film that cemented anime in the West for the yeah. most part. Yeah, it's a uh, mature thriller, horror, action drama. Uh, set in uh, like neo tokyo in the uh, near future really exciting highly recommend checking it out but an interesting thing about akira is that structurally it is all over the place right like if you were to pitch that script and it wasn't an adaptation you'd be like what the like there's like we get to the end of a second act and then a different second act starts that's like unrelated yeah and then there's two third acts it's just like all over the place right right it doesn't fit the traditional molds and because that tradition is largely coming from the states that's exactly and, right. and the contemporaries that were in the purview of like it all kind of goes back to to Europe and like the like uh Shakespearean like three act and five acts sure uh, i mean storytelling at least as the way that we understand it and the way that we teach it and, and propagate it as an idea is based almost exclusively out of theater convention at this point. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like theater, theater convention was established from folktale storytelling. Yeah, And yeah, then yeah. that evolved, that theater productions evolved into recorded storytelling, which is obviously less mutable, that like you can't yeah. change the elements. And that's the fun thing about anime, is that it, it's the same from the other side of the globe with a bunch of other influences. Right, it doesn't share, like the common ancestor is very far up for the most part. Mm. Like the family trees are are pretty are pretty separate. Yeah, there are probably people listening who have never watched anime or at least watched some, but never felt all that committed to it. Right. Or maybe watch one that didn't connect with them. And the reason I want to encourage people to really look into it and try and find something that appeals to them, and we'll throw some recommendations at the end, is because if you can find something that resonates with you, you're going to have an experience unlike anything you could absorb from Western culture. Yeah. It it'd be like, hey. You can go and hang out with a uh, a far-flung cousin from a family you never met, and you might not get along all that well, but it's going to be memorable. It's going to yeah. be an experience you couldn't have gotten from talking to your own brother, talking to your own sister. It is, by design, stimulating. Check that shit. It reminds me of traveling to another country where oh, yeah. you have your own set of experiences and norms that you expect, right, from your background. But in this new context, there's a whole new set of norms and conventions. And, and, and it's it's it could be as simple as like we in Spain do a lot of eating and socializing outside. And sure. it's like, oh, <laughs> cool. Interesting. Like, that's just not that normal for you is very different. Like, that would be rare for me. So, like, my exposure to it is understandably less. Right. That's kind of why I have a problem with um people who write off anime because while it does once you get down to it there are tropes and like it clearly does exist within this contextual like family tree of influences and not all of it's great but there's so much to be gained from attaching yourself and embedding yourself in an unknown context definitely i I mean i think you brought up the example earlier that's a little bit like saying i don't like watching movies right Right. And I would say uh, it's, it's very accurate, but in another way, it's almost like saying I don't like video games or podcasts because those are both mediums that kind of have a step of entry. Right. Like a lot of people just don't have a point in their life where they would know when to play a podcast. And that's very common. Yeah. Like, oh, I guess I could play it when I'm in the car, but that's usually when I listen to music. Yeah. I go to the gym, but I get distracted by the show. Like it's just finding totally, your yeah. preference. And the same thing happens with video games. I adore video games. I think they're like the most exciting, interesting, and compelling emerging art form, not even emerging at this point, but art form active in the 21st century. But I completely get why a bunch of people don't play them. Yeah. Because if I had to like learn how to watch movies, yeah. I had to uh, get muscle memory for how to keep my eyes open while watching Phantom Thread, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. Like it would be such a bigger ass. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And in, in, in some ways, anime has the same issues because a lot of people will watch particularly serialized television, right. which, which anime is for the most part, um, to unwind or to engage with familiar uh, motifs. And anime is, if you're watching a good one, you're not going to get familiar motifs, at least not your first time. Yeah, 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 um, totally. But they have their genres. They have their subgenres and, and motifs. Totally. And one of them is shown in anime, Yeah, which I think is a perfect segue to talk about what your first experience was. Yeah, yeah. 
So my first experience, I ha- this is so vivid, this memory. Oh, yeah? It's like one of my more vivid memories from my childhood. Growing up, uh, I didn't have um, very many cable channels. Like, we didn't have a cable box with any of the cool sure. channels on it. And so I remember coming home from school one day, and I it was a normal day by all accounts. But when I got into um, the family room that had the TV in it, there was a surprise, which was that we got a cable box for the first oh, time. Oh, boy. So I would be able to watch Cartoon Network, which was at the time a special channel sure. that like you couldn't get access to, or that I didn't normally have access to. Is and, this, can people understand what we're saying? Yeah. Like I, we, a lot of our listeners, I'm sure, are of a similar age and can yeah, reference, yeah, yeah. but if you're like 15, yeah. you just didn't have other things you could watch. Yeah. You got the things on the channels you had. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of which there were six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then a couple of your friends had this magical box which gave them 700. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But outside, there was no YouTube, or at least not like YouTube or, or, or streaming channels where you could watch pretty much any show. And there was, there was the internet, but internet speeds were so low. You could get an image of the show you like. <laughs> and so... So you get home, cables up, ready to rock. I, 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 I have this like little box. I type in 43, which was Cartoon Network. Classic. Because before that, uh, like Disney Channel was like 42. And uh, when I would go up, it would skip 43 because I didn't previously have it, but I knew that it was Cartoon Network and that I couldn't uh, watch it. So it was like getting the keys <laughs> in like Legend of Zelda to like the dungeon door. Like, the, <laughs> like you were like, I can finally go back and put in the thing to <laughs> you're go. Pick, you're picking up the controller. It's going like. Yeah. And 43. And so when I typed in 43 and went to the channel, I saw this guy in in orange clothes walking on what looked like a giant stone snake. And this was Dragon Ball Z, Goku on Snake Way. Na, 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 in the middle of an episode. Na, 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 na. And I was like, what is this? I'm getting goosebumps just thinking about this. Yeah. Uh, I'm like, what is this? I, it was just like, because of the lack of access to that channel, Cartoon Network, I um, was mystified that I was watching anything. So like whatever had been there, I would have just (laughs) stared aimlessly at. Um, God, what a show to land on though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I've no doubt that you would gravitate there anyway. It's a fantastic show. But to see, and to see Goku for it to be like such a crystallizing moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's weird. Like, I, I don't know why I remember that so clearly, probably because it, it meant so much to me in the moment, because I was like, I'm watching Cartoon Network, I'm watching the show, and it was just, like, the most escapist, like, yeah. I just had this boring day at school, and now I could just, like, dissolve into this world, right? Another and- thing worth noting, um, sorry to interrupt, but I think you mentioned this actually just before we started recording, um, as a result of it being the only method of absorbing this content you have no preconceptions about who is what what is happening what is where it would be like walking into a movie theater the day of release to watch a movie you don't know the name of yeah and then like somebody pops up on the screen like oh i see what's happening like for example um first time i ever saw dragon ball was very briefly after i saw one piece i saw one piece because we had the exact same experience we got a cable thing for the first time like, yeah, yeah, yeah. it's like maybe six years old yeah and then uh i flicked over to a channel found dragon ball and it was piccolo okay now piccolo is not the main character of dragon yeah, ball yeah, in yeah. fact he was a protagonist early on in dragon ball yeah yeah yeah. but i for weeks was convinced that he was the good guy wow i, I was convinced i was like I, in, oh sorry the main guy i was convinced he was the protagonist of the show it's piccolo he's like the cool one he's kind of yeah, yeah, edgy yeah. he's fun vegeta's his best friend uh, <laughs> goku's his son like yeah, i, I yeah, don't yeah, know yeah. what i was thinking yeah and so um one thing to note is that I didn't know anything about the origin of the show or where it was from. I was just so mystified by the world and eventually the characters. And I jumped in to a part of the show that like I didn't have context for. And, and that's actually true of um, Dragon Ball Z as a whole, actually. Like there's no place to start. Sure. Because Dragon Ball Z is actually a continuation of Dragon Ball, um, which is all based on the same manga series. There's actually no delineation um, in the manga, but the show takes this like tonal shift sure. and becomes more action oriented. And uh, and is where the vast majority of Western viewers jumped in. And it's in it because that was the first thing that clicked with uh, Western audiences. There had been a few efforts before to put on the earlier series um, that were unsuccessful. 
But Dragon Ball Z, first episode, a bunch of characters you don't know that all know each other and are talking about <laughs> the times that like you referencing things that will never be explained. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then and then it's this big reveal that the main character has a son, which you have no investment in because you don't know who this person is. <laughs> yeah. And then his son gets stolen. And like despite that, uh so really that show you could just drop in anywhere and yeah. you kind of had to fend for yourself. But I learned I learned about the characters. I I loved the characters. I started like going online googling uh uh for images of the show going to fan sites printing out images of those characters and putting them in a little book uh that i used to keep around because i getting an image to load on the internet wasn't something that you could do very easily or quickly so <laughs> you printed it out so that you it had it more for, efficient <laughs> yeah it was more efficient you had easier access to carry a, like uh, uh, a file cabinet around with you than to actually open it exactly computer. exactly and so um as my love for dragon ball z grew and just my complete obsession with it i i learned that it was from Japan, and I, I learned that it was one um, of what is called a shonen anime, which is, it just means boy, like young boy, and there it's an entire genre of, of anime that is predominantly targeted towards those, like, kids, and it has its own tropes and stuff. So One Piece is actually a, um, it came along a bit later and was influenced by Dragon Ball. Sure. Uh, and so it has like very similar tropes and takes a lot from um, um, Dragon Ball. But that, in the, and then Toonami, which was the, the housing block the of these shows, spot. Uh, exposed me to things like Sailor Moon and, and Gundam Wing, yeah. which are different shows, but they're in the same like overarching genre of show um, because that, that block was very targeted for the after-school kid that right. i was which interestingly enough sort of generated into the interpretation of what anime was in the west like if you reference anime anime functionally speaking is as diverse as western television there are so many subgenres. absolutely of anime. yeah but in the same way that if you were to say like superhero movie in the West, you're probably going to assume that it's an action flick for the most part. Or if when you say K-pop, you think of Gangnam Style because it was <laughs> right, the one sure. thing that like penetrated really deeply here. But yeah, but at the same time, you know, there are, I would say Logan is an action film, but it's a much more morose, slow-paced, emotionally right. strenuous, uh, social interaction of the week, uh, <laughs> superhero, <laughs> superhero film. Uh, in the same way, there are so many interesting subgenres to investigate inside of anime, and I'm educating myself right now. Yeah. I'd say I, I trended towards certain comfort zones, and right. only in the last year or so have like consciously tried to watch more niche subsets of anime. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. The reason I mention that is like this was our experience, right? And it resonated with us, thus allowing us to fall in love with this thing. Yeah. But if you didn't fall in love with that thing. You flicked over the channel and you didn't feel like you were the intended audience or you watched it too late or anything like that. That doesn't mean anime is out the window. Yeah. You know, you, you go to a boring Czechoslovakian play and that doesn't mean that like European art is out the window. Yeah, you know because I mean? these are kids cartoons, right? Like, it, you, and that was a zing on the Czechoslovakians. <laughs> they have terrible plays. Um, the, uh, this would be like saying, seeing Looney Tunes and going... Hmm. Not this <laughs> Pixar? whole. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This whole Pixar thing isn't for me because yeah. it shares a common ancestor with something that's for kids. Sure. So we mentioned that Dragon Ball is a is a shonen anime, and there's also manga, which we haven't really talked about to this point. I guess I referenced that Dragon Ball is based on a manga, but manga is just Japanese comics for the most part, and a lot of anime is adapted from from manga. So I learned about Dragon Ball, learned it was adapted from manga, found out that there was this um, magazine in Japan called Shonen Jump, uh, which was like a weekly magazine. It's a serial. It's where um, One Piece and Dragon Ball and all these things like became the things that they are today from yeah. their popularity. They just keep popularity numbers like week over week. And if particular series are doing well, then there will be more of them. And if not, then they kind of disappear. And I found out that there was going to be a American version of Shonen Jump produced. It was a monthly anthology. Uh, and so I got that from like the very first month. Immediately I, after the single tear, you cried. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and I got um, and I I got I ended up getting that magazine for like the next ten years. Jesus. From or yeah, and uh, 
uh, and it introduced me to all of the other stuff. It was like, oh, here's where Yu-Gi-Oh came from. Oh, here's where One Piece came from. Uh, like before One Piece was even adapted to anime, I had like I was already jaded. I was like, oh, I've <laughs> I mean, I've read the manga. <laughs> it, it's a uh, nice try, posers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, and then that kind of just like kept giving me enough to want to understand what else was out there and then i got into other genres i don't even think today i watch that much anime but i can speak the language of it and i can understand it and i've already paid that cost of learning about it so when something new and interesting comes along like when your name like i hear about your name and i'm like oh i've got to go watch that because it's it's a big effing it's the zeitgeist moment it's the zeitgeist moment in anime yeah and so i wanted to ask i wanted to ask you jordan because i wasn't alone in um this this craze why do you think anime blew up in i don't even know what it was like in the uk but i, right, I in yeah. the west it definitely blew up i would say it's pretty comparable weirdly there's like at least in my interpretation there's very little difference any people that are into it any people that were really obsessed with it right later coined weeaboos uh yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a fun little term for people that co-opt japanese culture yeah um which i promise we're not trying to do which is no. like like your cartoons they're neat yeah yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I think they had some very angry tweets for calling them cartoons from Weeboos. But yeah, but that's a weird thing too, is that like anime is such a thing that people assign their identities to being fans of shows and being fans of anime as a whole. Right. Well, here's the weird thing about anime. And I think is, is, some, is the reason that to this day I value it so much, despite also not watching it nearly as much as I, I watch Western television movies. Right, like, right. Is that anime was one of the first genres or uh, subgroupings that I felt that I belonged to. Ah. That I felt like I had ownership over, that I felt like I had a degree of authority within. Um, and there were a lot of contributing factors to that. One was that I just went head over heels, right? Like I fell in love with a bunch of shows very early and as a result felt informed enough to be talking about it. I was getting manga when I was quite young. And yeah, like yeah. you, it dropped out after a while, but mostly just kind of like storage space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Manga is not the most practical thing to collect. Yeah, it's, I have hundreds of pounds of, of paper <laughs> uh but yeah for the same reason uh that i imagine you did i felt like that was a community that i was i was, I was validated in joining i felt like a nerd from day dot yeah, yeah, day yeah. i was out the womb felt like yeah. a nerd and as a result this finally felt like something that wasn't dominated by by other groups amongst my community i felt like everybody else i knew that was into anime was also a huge dork yeah um which i think is what leads to some of the less savory parts of that community. Yeah. It's the same reason that uh, the gaming community, as much as I love it, has some really, really dark sides. And it's because when you self-identify as the other, right. it makes you all the more combative when other people try and become involved in your community. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, in, in my community, it wasn't actually associated with like nerddom until uh, I think maybe middle school or high school. Mm. Like when I was in elementary school and even to this day, like in the black community, a lot of people are like big fans of anime and it's like not, it's like a trope almost. Yeah. Like I know so many black people who are like really into like Naruto and shit. That's a uh, lot of like, uh, it's kind of reflective of, and I don't know if these two things are related at all, but I have to assume that there's some kind of cultural uh, domino effect. But obviously, famously, um, Chinese cinema, not Japanese cinema, but Chinese cinema was incredibly prevalent in black neighborhoods amongst the 70s through 90s, right? Oh, fascinating. Because I no in idea. low-income neighborhoods, Chinese theaters were far more affordable and far mm. more common. So those would be the ones that were attended. They would exclusively show uh, like uh, Hong Kong exports and Chinese martial yeah, arts. Yeah, 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 yeah. Which is why like... The Wu Tang Clan, yeah, the Wu Tang Clan, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and like, why there are so many references. Like, it's almost like if I were to talk about how much I love Hong Kong cinema, like in San Francisco today, it would make me look like, oh, it's kind of a nerd for that thing. That's cool, I respect yeah, yeah, it, yeah. but that's very niche amongst a lot of black communities. And you can speak to this better than I can, yeah, yeah, at least yeah. in America. Being into martial arts movies, coolest shit you can do. It, Everybody loves martial arts. It was like it was this escapism that. Uh, that we just couldn't have with the traditional cartoon. Like there just wasn't a world. Like in 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 the the special thing about um about anime and specifically shonen anime is that it was introducing kids to to narrative arcs yeah. in a way that like we're not like in a Bugs Bunny cartoon. It's like this eleven minute thing, and there is a conflict, and it's fun, and we laugh, and we move on. 
Yeah, but, it's resolved, and the next episode could happen before that. But one. but Dragon Ball Z, we had cliffhangers. We were like, "What's going to happen on the next episode of Dragon Ball Z?" <laughs> um, and and like that, we were just placed into that world for the first time, and we were like, "Wow, what happens next? What is going to happen next in the I'm, world of Dragon and, Ball and Z?" And we didn't have the means to answer those questions, uh, very well, at least. And it just spawned. It was like it was like Harry Potter later was for me, where it's like I feel like I'm in this world, yeah, and 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 I don't know where it ends. And it didn't matter that Dragon Ball Z had actually ended in '96, uh, <laughs> uh, but like it just we got we got it later, mainly because there was literally no way of finding that out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like I I could just I could just on the internet find out. Um, tiny little snippets of like the future and it was just like mystical it was mm. like we found out there's this guy named brawley and who knows where he comes up yeah. in the show and he's just really strong and powerful and in i credit my exposure to dragon ball z and and i will just say dragon ball z with with making me aware of my own creativity i oh. i learned to draw so that i could draw dragon ball z characters I learned to you write. And a 10 out of 10 Goku. Yeah, it, to this day. I learned to write narratively with these fan fiction scripts, essentially, that I would, I would write scripts and print them out for my friends. And they were just like, our, we lived in the Dragon Ball world and they, we had our own little characters. And that was the first time I ever like wrote a character that had a name and like a backstory and like all of this stuff was because of the immersion and the connection I felt to, to this, this art. And it just so happens that it comes, you know, from Japan and there's like all this like, uh, uh, other stuff associated with it. Yeah. And to this day, like I, I feel this weird, um, not imposter syndrome, but like I want to poo poo, like, liking anime because it's it, it speaks to a certain type of person sometimes sure. and i i want to say like oh hey i'm like a fan of this stuff but i'm not like you know the stereotype that you're thinking of it's like 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 you said we we watch western media the most but having you know this little tiny slice of our interest that is like devoted to um a different culture's art is i think for the better it's weird that we've like built the taboo but i think it's the, the taboo is probably because of the the weeaboo stereotype that is that has made uh spaces like that weird yeah it, i mean it's what makes gaming a nightmare it's what makes skating a nightmare it's like it, these are environments that in order to get into them you must be validated according to the more uh evangelical of the group right yeah and so it, it just becomes the extreme yeah and we were fortunate enough uh to basically receive the gateway drug of Dragon Ball and One Piece and stuff like that. Yeah. Because effectively what it's doing is saying, hey kid, you like it when it's like not real human beings, it's like human beings made out of ink? Yeah, we love that shit. Yeah. Well, I don't know why the kids are swearing, that's very interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and then suddenly uh, Japan goes, well, we've got that, but with like character development. We're like, what's character development? Yeah, exactly. It introduced us to character development. And I just, uh, to this day, there are certain like uh, narrative components or tropes most common in anime like uh the the power up break is like a really common thing yeah, yeah where yeah. somebody is they've been pushed to their limit and oh, i'm gonna try harder than ever and like that single tear rolls down their eye and they save their family and to this day if that is even slightly reflected in like an ongoing series or anything like that or somebody goes and trains for a few months and comes back stronger, oh my god i get oh, chills just thinking about that light me on fire and throw me off the golden if gate if you I show am, me gohan super saiyan 2 transformation sequence uh, i will cry a tear that is something that I, I i also i don't think we get commonly enough in western media is one of the things that i want to motivate people to check out outside of shonen it's also really common like it, yeah horror anime mwah, yeah, it's there's just so rare. many. There's so many subgenres that are that are great. But dive in. But speaking of many subgenres, yeah. How about we close out with some recommendations? Absolutely. Uh, oh, sorry. Oh no, please. Uh, to kick off, how about we each recommend a show or movie to somebody that doesn't currently watch anime? Okay. And then we can recommend some stuff to people that maybe watch it here and there, but want to expand their views, try something new. Yeah. Uh, so if I were recommending something, uh, Cowboy Bebop is a classic. Oh yeah. Um, great gateway drug. Great ga gateway drug. Kind of like the adult version of the gateway drug. Where yeah, it says yeah, like, yeah. Did you like Firefly and shit? I forgot. Yeah, that that I had to get that gateway from Adult Swim. 
Oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's not, I didn't just go immediately from Dragon Ball to to Cowboy Bebop. I had to be like, oh, Adult Swim. Now I'm watching like Family Guy, and now I'm watching. <laughs> oh, what's this? This show's dark and interesting. Cowboy Bebop, amazing show, uh, uh, amazing narrative, 24 episodes. You can get in and get nice, out. Yeah, nice and dense. N- nice, nice and dense. It's not like one of these like the Shonen shows are like built to last forever. So I I don't really ever recommend those to anyone. Um, but uh, that's that's the classic. And then for people who are already into anime, um. I would say uh, I really like Steins Gate. You've been telling me about Steins Gate. I, still uh, watched it. I, I I think Steins Gate is like a super cool show, and it's a it's a a time travel story that like is just incredibly tight. Um, uh, I'm I'm a sucker for time travel. I I also thought about when Trunks came back from his future to uh, <laughs> yeah. kill uh, Frieza again. Uh, spoilers. Um, fucking amazing. Well, so here's one neat thing about like a lot of anime adaptations and why Steinsgate shows like Steinsgate or uh, uh, I can't even think of another example just shows that you wouldn't expect to see the amount of detail in something like time travel or a conceit around magic or power or all, all of these like right. world building elements tend to have a lot of resources put into them that you wouldn't see in a lot of Western productions and the main reason for that is that a mangaka somebody that produces manga as a solo entity like yeah, yeah. Creator, the author the main author. It's it, in the same way that people write novels, they're thinking about it all of the time. Yeah. The reason that the the like power system inside of Dragon Ball is so robust is because it was thought about day and night by a single individual. Yeah, but horrible example, no offense, because yeah. uh, uh, Akira Toyama is comically bad at remembering his own things. <laughs> uh, and so there isn't really a good power system. Yeah. Um, and also like. The other thing about that is that that was a serial where he had like he was working with like three editors over yeah. 20 years and producing weekly stories. And like, what does that do to a person? So here's a better example, uh, which is my recommendation to both people that have never watched anime, though this is more of a push for the people that have watched it and are looking for something to light their fire. They may have already seen it. It's a show called Hunter x Hunter. Oh, yeah. Uh, two versions of the show. I'd watch the later version. There's an original version that didn't uh, uh, end, really. Uh, and then there's a, a later version that's just fantastic the reason i recommend checking it out is that it is functionally speaking basically a deconstruction of anime it's a lot of tropes taken to their logical conclusion and then thrown away okay but it also has one of the most robust and interestingly applied episode to episode magic energy key system oh cool yeah Uh, and that's the kind of thing where in a western production you just can't get that past a producer yeah yeah, yeah. if you weren't adapting something and you were just like i want to have like this system where we spend basically 20 hours or so offhandedly explaining the logistics of it yeah, so that yeah, the yeah. episodes later on make total logistical sense. Yeah. This is not like Gandalf just doing something that you didn't know he was capable of. Right. Everything somebody does in Hunter x Hunter in the latter part of the show fits within the practical universe that those skills of it's it's just the shit. So what's a what's a so Hunter x Hunter is a good uh shonen like like a young adult shonen. Mm-hmm. Uh what's what's a What's a show, maybe a, a more tight, smaller, shorter show that you uh, would recommend? More approachable show, I would give a... Well, this is a weird one. I would give a big shout-out to watching the prorated versions, uh, which are available on just, like, densely collected shorter versions. They're about an hour, 20 minutes apiece. Uh, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, yeah. Re-edits. Um, and then, if you enjoy them, jump into the main series. The reason I mention that is the first series of... Or first season of JoJo's is... It's okay. It's like... It's gorgeous and fun and vibrant, and you'll get the tone, which yeah, is the main yeah, thing yeah. that JoJo's brings to the table. But it's also a little overlong. So yeah, yeah, yeah. burn through those. If you enjoy them, you can dive straight in. If you've never, ever watched anime and you just want something to really get a taste for, I say go with uh, Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood. It's a good one. It's one of my favorites. It's on Netflix right now. Yeah, yeah, you can yeah. pull it up straight away. Um, the reason I recommend that is because Full Metal Alchemist Brotherhood is a really fun... Uh, Eastern culture interprets Western culture. Yeah, yeah. Same yeah, reason yeah. I love Dark Souls and like a bunch of other uh, Eastern interpretate, uh, Eastern interpreted Western tropes. Yeah, because uh, it's based basically, although they never say it explicitly, in Germany, kind of uh, during World War Two. Oh yeah, yeah. But yeah. it's Germany in World War Two where there's magical alchemic powers that people have. It, 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 it's just worth checking out. The art style is gorgeous and the character arcs are heart-wrenching. Okay, I feel like I have to give one more uh, uh, because it's my favorite anime probably for a lot of reasons, but oh, yeah? I cannot go into them here. It's a very divisive show. Neon Genesis Evangelion. Sure. Uh, it's, a, it's a psychological thriller anime that is like 
shaped like a monster of the week type show mm. until like shit hits the fan. Uh, and, and boy and, does it and boy does it and then it just becomes about the end of the world and and the meaning of life and it's just like the show is wild uh the creator like essentially goes on a, has a psychological breakdown like uh leading up to the show and this is like him understanding his own like brain it's 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 a wild show uh and and it it's a lover a love it or hate it type thing but i love it um and i just i felt the need to say it I don't know if we have time for this, but I have one more that I would... Go ahead, <laughs> go ahead. Right six, and then we'll wrap up. Long. <laughs> we'll wrap up. <laughs> uh, I tell you what, I'm just going to tweet out a bunch of additional recommendations. If you want to check out shows that aren't necessarily dramas or, or aren't necessarily uh, thrillers, horrors, action, etc. Yeah, et yeah, yeah. It's a great show called Food Wars. There's also a great basketball net show that I can't remember the name of. There's so much to check out. Oh my Get God. a Crunchyroll free subscription. Check out the most popular shows. The show that I want to recommend for anybody that's into uh, psychological body horror type stuff is um, Parasite, colon, The Maxim. Mm. Not a super popular show, uh, but pretty short and pretty satisfying. Not a lot of uh, filler in there. Recommend checking it out mainly because it's just a really great example of uh, Japanese horror tropes being yeah. shown through animation. Check it out. Have a good time. Oh, my gosh. So uh, we could keep going. So Jarvis has one more. <laughs> we can keep going, but we won't. I'm, I'm, I'm cutting us off here. Uh, this has been Sad Boys. Uh, your homework, uh, <gasps> should you choose to accept it, is just to tell us your favorite anime. Maybe share some of your anime stories. Maybe we'll uh, include those in the next, uh, some of those in the next pen pals. Most definitely. And hey, if you want to say anything else, you can also send that in. Yeah, Maybe anything. Maybe we'll do it for pen pals. Anything. We read everything. If you want to get more of us in your life, Jarvis, where yes. should you go? Well, uh, we're at Sad Boys Pod on Twitter. And uh, if you want to just talk to me, because, you know, why would you? I'm on Twitter at Jarvis, on YouTube youtube.com slash jarvis johnson and uh if you want to spend some time with justin <laughs> you want to spend, oh also uh sadboyspod at gmail.com you can yes. email us uh, any pin pals requests get in there and if you want to talk to jordan slash justin you can reach me at at jordan adika a-d-i-k-a on twitter one word or you can reach me on instagram under the same name and presumably some other stuff in the future the project that i mentioned last time is continuing to develop great news coming at some point in the next month or two awesome I, I, unconfirmed but i'm very excited to share it all with you um yeah speak to you soon awesome and uh as is customary on sad boys we like to end with a particular phrase sure do jordan will you do the honors okay let me warm up all right let me do my, let me do my goku stretch all right here we go ah! oh oh we lost oh him. god He's um down. man down oh god um ow we love you and we're sorry Boom! Boom! <laughs> the dust boys. <laughs> <laughs>